Hey guys, my name's Liv, and welcome to my podcast, Flourished with Liv, where we talk about anything from fitness to nutrition to mental health, and honestly, just anything remotely real life. I hope you guys enjoy, and let's get into the episode. All right, guys, and welcome back to another episode um, with Flourish with Liv. Um, I'm super excited to get another episode up and running here. Um, I have a really exciting episode coming um, where I'm going to be interviewing a few people, so stay tuned for that one. It's going to be um, in dedication with, uh, with November as being uh, Men's Mental Health Month, so stay tuned for that episode. That's going to be coming out next. Uh, but for now, I have a little solo episode. Um, I put this up on my Instagram story um, about a week ago now, um, just a Q&A. Anyone um, just wanted to put it out there and just have people ask me some questions, and I got a bunch of questions. So I'm going to be tackling those today. Um, I'll probably split this into two because um, it uh, there's quite a few, but hopefully it doesn't, won't take too long. I'll try and keep it more brief just because I know I tend to ramble. Um, and if you hear anything in the background, I'm in my office and my two dogs, Rudy and Bart, are laying down by me, keeping me keeping me company. You guys should see them. They're just cruising down here. Yeah, you guys are good dogs. You're good dogs. All right, so uh, let's get into the first question here. So the first question I'm going to tackle is... Mm, pick and choose. Okay, you know what? Let's just start off with this one because I love it. It's from my one of my good friends, uh, Nikki. Shout out to Nikki. Um, she's out in California. I love her. She asked, um, and I won't do this for all of them, by the way. I won't say who it is. I'm just saying it's Nikki because this question's adorable. And she's just asking. Um, she wants me to name something I'm grateful for this for for Thanksgiving this year. Um, and I find that so funny. You can tell she's from the States um, because the States has their Thanksgiving much later than us. We had Thanksgiving, if you're listening to this from Canada, which I know the majority of my audience is, from um, our Thanksgiving is the beginning of October. So um, I love seeing all of like the Thanksgiving posts right now for like for Thanksgiving eating and all that kind of stuff um, because you can tell who's American and who's not. But I always, I always send my because there's so many good content creators uh, like my coach Nicole and stuff who will post things in regards to how to handle holiday eating and Thanksgiving food and stuff like that. But I always send it to my clients anyway because it all relates back over to holiday eating in general, which I would actually love to do a podcast on. But anyway, look at I'm already rambling. Um, so name something I'm thankful for. I am um, I'm thankful for I'm thankful for my my family and my platform especially. Um, because I think of my platform as my family as well. So I really do, um, in a time where, you know, my health isn't at its peak, um, so on, so on, I'm grateful for the passion I have to to do what I'm doing right now, to do a podcast, to do to have my Instagram, to have my website, to be with my clients. And it really has become such a huge part of my life. Um, I was in therapy this morning. And it was a really, really tough therapy appointment in the sense that we really dove deep into what I've been feeling lately. And um, I've been struggling with a lot of feelings of numbness and hopelessness and such. 
And there's one thing me and my therapist noticed the second I started talking about like my master's degree and eventually being a psych, um, a psychotherapist and a counselor and just talking about my platform in general, it makes my eyes light up. So that is what I'm grateful for um, this Thanksgiving, this American, uh, this American uh, Thanksgiving, but uh, just in general, what I'm thankful for as well. So thanks, Nikki. I love you for um, asking that question. All right, moving on. I'm going to keep the rest of them anonymous. So um, the next question I want to look at is how do I keep uh, motivated and consistent with with lifting heavy um, and not just for like, say, three months for a time, but more long term. So this person is asking how they can stay motivated and consistent with heavy lifting as opposed to just kind of sticking with it for three months and maybe getting bored and just how do you stick with it for long term? So this is a really great question. And I think that there's a lot of different things that we can kind of dive into when it comes to this, because I think a lot of people get bored with lifting heavy and following a like eight, 10 week plan, so on, so on. And just everyone wants the short fix, right? And there's a lot of like supplement companies, a lot of fitness studios out there that preach like hit training and like quick and dirty, like 45 minute sweat your balls off classes, even like, you know, even things like running and and hit bike programs and things like that. Um, and quick like fad diets there's so much emphasis in the world on keeping things exciting and always and always loving what you do and all this kind of stuff and honestly I am a firm believer that it's total bullshit Um, not everyone loves the like lifting heavy and you know going into the gym and only doing five exercises you know like just going in and doing 12 reps of overhead shoulder press, then resting two minutes, then doing 12 reps, resting two minutes, doing 12 reps, resting two minutes, and then going on to your next exercise, which is, uh, I don't know, hip thrust, hip thrust for 12, rest, hip thrust for 12, rest, hip thrust for 12. And then you're out of the gym in an hour and you don't necessarily, you know, maybe you didn't sweat like crazy or your heart rate didn't get up over a certain amount and all of a sudden people are like whoa well that's not very fun that's not exciting like oh like lifting is boring okay if you find lifting boring then you can by all means go and jump into a circuit class and spend 45 minutes going crazy in a circuit class that's a lot more exciting than lifting don't get me wrong it is a lot more exciting doing you know a a hit circuit class or an athletic performance class or whatever, but it doesn't mean it's more beneficial. In fact, it's the opposite. It's not. There's so many studies showing that just straight, like, you know, bodybuilding, hypertrophy, bodybuilding style, like workouts is the most, the most beneficial thing for your physique. So, Here, and this is what I tell my clients because I have a lot of clients and I've had clients that have came to me and they're like, you know what? I just hate, I hate going to the gym. I hate lifting. And I have to say to them, 
I'm, I'm sorry you don't like lifting, that it, it, it is unfortunate and it's not something I can teach you to love. It's something you have to kind of teach yourself to love or something you do or you don't love. Um, and I'm sorry if, you know, by the 10th week you're really bored of your split, but that's just the way it is. If you have physique goals, this is how you reach your physique goals. Now, there's other ways to, you know, we don't just, and, and I preach this, you don't just have to work out to look good. So as long as you realize that, you know, a circuit class isn't going to get you your progress as fast or the exact progress you want as following a hypertrophy program would per se, um, or, uh, or, or lifting heavy and, you know, following a split would, you just have to kind of sacrifice and you have to make sacrifices. So for example, if I have a client coming to me who says, you know what, Olivia, I get so freaking bored following a five-day workout split for 10 weeks. I just can't do it. I won't stick to it. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm glad you have assessed that you can't stick to it. How can we do this? And how can we manage our expectations on what we're going to do? You know, There's a reason why everyone wants to look like a professional bodybuilder, but no one can, but certain, only certain people can do it, right? And it's because professional bodybuilders or bodybuilders, we don't do hit classes. We don't do that kind of stuff. You know, we follow the, the five day or the four day split with like low intensity cardio and we follow our diets and stuff, right? So as long as you manage your expectations and realize that doing these hit classes, you know, instead of lifting heavy, isn't going to get you the same results or results as fast as lifting heavy would, for example. So to kind of answer this question, how how do you keep motivated and consistent is you need to find a love within lifting. So if you find lifting heavy boring and you just want to rush through your workouts, you need to be more present in your workouts, you know, and how can you be more present? Well, you can find certain exercises you like and you can you can look forward to those exercises you know if if bulgarian split squats are your favorite and you're a psychopath and you love them but you have hip thrusts and you hate hip thrusts well try you know during your workout try and reprogram your mind okay as soon as i get through these hip thrusts i get to do the Bulgarians, which is what I love. And I get to push weight for Bulgarians, you know, challenge yourself, say, you know what, if I add 10 pounds to my hip thrust today, because I know I can do it, I know I have it in me, I just don't feel like it, but I'm gonna. So if, if I add 10 pounds, then that's just one step closer to my goals, right? And have your goals out, you know, like journal, why do you hate lifting? Is it because you're scared that you're not doing enough? Um, Is it because you're afraid to be alone in your mind? Uh, Do you need to listen to podcasts instead of music during your lift maybe? Do you need to find a new love and a new drive for certain things? So that's kind of my top tips for being motivated. Um, I also think it's really important to understand that we cannot rely on motivation alone. You know, you have to have pure drive and dedication you know, there is times when I do not want to step foot in the gym and I have zero motivation, but my dedication to bettering my body and my mind is what helps me step foot in the gym. So that is my top tips for staying motivated and 
keeping motivated. Um, and is just, you know, I guess overall, try not to rely on motivation and rely on your dedication towards your goal. How badly do you want this? And keep asking yourself that, you know, if you don't want to go down into your basement and do your workout, ask yourself, well, how bad do I want to reach my goals? And if you want to reach your goals, then you'll get your butt down there. So, uh, okay, next question. Uh, I'll try and go a bit quicker. <laughs> um, recovery tips for rest days. So right now I'm doing three rest days a week um, just because my cortisol levels are super high um, and we're trying to um, fix my thyroid issues. Um, and more is not always better, ladies and gentlemen, um, which is something I always preach. Um, so I'm doing less. So I have three recovery days basically, or three rest days. So I always like to say to my clients, if you have a hard time with rest days or you feel guilty on rest days, you need to ask yourself the, the following question. Um, you need to be able to rest in order to give something your all. You wouldn't stay awake for a week time and assume that you're going to be totally cognitively present after a week of not sleeping, right? So why would a week of back-to-back-to-back training even slightly help your training when you, if you just keep going? It's only going to make it worse, you know? So that's my tip. Um, If you're looking for things to do for recovery, um, hot showers, hot baths, ice baths, um, you know, get in and see an RMT, like shout out to, to, uh, to Liam, who I see at Nobility, um, and, uh, and, uh, Mike at Nobility, they have a great program there. They have an ice bath that's like super fun. Um, they have a light therapy, they've got chiropractors, lots of massage therapists, Um, You can, you know, you can make that a thing. You can say, you know what, I know I have to take a rest day on Wednesday. However, the time I usually go to the gym, I'm going to go and do an ice bath plunge or I'm going to go and get a massage on this day because those are things that can only help your training but are also allow you for rest. Um, You could do some yoga. You could go to a yoga class instead of going to the gym. You could even just turn off all the lights in your room, put a yoga mat down and do a a, a YouTube yoga if you're on a budget. There's so many amazing things you can do um, on a recovery day. Um, Another question. The hardest part of being an online fitness coach Um, and then PT. So I would say one of the hardest parts about being an online fitness coach, because I absolutely love being an online fitness coach, um, is I would say the fact that it's like online. As much as I love that it's online, I hate the fact that I can't, you know, hug my client or speak face to face with uh, some of them. And I try and run as many like retreats and things like that as I can. Um, But there's still clients who I have from different provinces. I've had clients from different countries. I had a client in Germany. I had a client in the States, you know, and like those are people I can't necessarily see in person sometimes. So that always makes me kind of sad. So that's probably one of the hardest parts. Another hard part about being an online fitness coach is it's a lot harder when, um, you know, I spoke about this, like, um, you know, clients not getting their check-ins in and always having to email clients or texting clients who, who don't get their check-ins in or if a client kind of ghosts you and stuff, like, like what do you do? You know what I mean? Um, so that's probably one of the hardest parts about being an online coach. I would say 
Um, the hardest part about being a personal trainer is the opposite, you know, the fact that um, people and I'm going to not dive too deep into this because there's another really good question that I want to talk about that's coming later. But, you know, usually people who buy PT sessions think that, oh, if I come in like once a week, that's all I need to do. Like this once a week hour, this hour long workout, you know, with my personal trainer will solve all of my physique issues or will will make me fit. And that's not the case. You have to do the homework. Um, and a lot of personal trainers don't do the homework with their clients. So that's something I always preach to. And again, I'll talk about that later. But, um, you know, this concept that just that one hour workout will solve all their issues. And that's not the way it is. You, The client has to be able to put in the work outside of that PT session. There's 24 hours in a day. A one hour workout is so small on the scale. Um, next question. I'm kind of going down the line here. Um, trying to like, I have the questions like open in a, um, word document. So I'm trying to be able to see the questions here. This is very difficult. I hate technology. Okay, whatever. I'll do one more and then I'll take a little break. Um, and I'll come back and I'll figure this out. Um, what are your views on PEDs? Ooh, very good question. We're getting spicy. Um, so anyone who doesn't know what PEDs, who doesn't know what PEDs are, PEDs are performance enhancing drugs. Um, I do not know a lot about PEDs, so I'm just going to give my opinion on them very briefly. Um, if you are looking at learning more, I have a lot of great sources to send you to, as well as there's so many articles. If you go to Google Scholar, um, you just go to the Google search bar and type in Google Scholar. It'll bring you to a bunch of databases and just type in performance enhancing drugs or something. Um, so um, the person who asked this is a bodybuilder. So I assume it is in relation to, to bodybuilding PEDs. Um, so I so I have never taken performance enhancing drugs. Um, I know a lot of people who do take it. Um, I've experienced PEDs, not, I guess it wouldn't be firsthand, it would be, I guess, uh, secondhand. Um, so my views on them. I think as long as you're completely open about your PED use and, your per, and the fact that you are enhanced, then there's nothing wrong with performance enhancing drugs. What I have an issue with is both women and men, because a lot of men hide it as well, preaching on their their social media and with um, other people and with you know online and in person coaches you know preaching how they achieve their bodies and then they fail to mention that they took performance enhancing drugs and again you still need to work hard when you have PEDs you don't just get to sit on your ass you still have to put in work. You know, I've, I've seen the work that needs to go in even while you're on performance enhancing drugs, but you are on performance enhancing drugs. You are enhanced, you know, so you need to be completely open about that. I don't care if, you know, you get backlash about it, you know, use your platform. There's a, there's a body, there's a female bodybuilder I follow, um, Kayla with horse. I, if, if you're interested, I'll, 
I'll, I'll send you her Instagram to shoot me a DM, but she's completely open about her use of Anivar and performance enhancing drugs. And she's totally open about it. And I think she has the most insane physique. She puts in hard work. She diets hard. She trains like a beast and she looks freaking amazing. And she is completely open about it. And it doesn't, you know, the fact that she's open about it makes me look at her in a way where I respect her just as much. But it also allows me to put in my into perspective that I will never look like that or to that extent unless I maybe hop on PEDs, you know what I mean? So as long as you are completely open about it, or at least if you if you don't feel comfortable being open about your use of PEDs, don't preach to your clients and to people on social media and such how you achieved a body if you're not open about it. That's just my opinion because then comes into comparison and things like that. So that's just my opinion in regards to PEDs. I think as long as you're open about it and you compete in the proper federation um, because there's a lot of um, people who still take performance-enhancing drugs in the, in the natural world. Um, I think as long, again, just to reiterate, as long as you're open about it and you're honest about it and you know what, there's so many beautiful things that you can use your platform to talk about and that's what, for example, that bodybuilder I mentioned, Kayla, does. She's like, this is how hard I work and you can educate the world, you know, educate the world on PEDs and help people see that it's not all bad and it's not necessarily cheating because it's not cheating. You still have to work hard as long as you're in the proper federation or whatever it's called. Um, as long as you don't complete, compete naturally and take PEDs, I don't see an issue with it. Just be open and don't be a dick about it. All right, so next question is going to be, which one do I want to do? What it takes to be a bikini competitor slash IE, how to start the process of competing. So love this question. Um, How to start the process of competing. Hire a coach. That is going to be the first thing. And don't just hire a coach and just throw yourself into a prep. I know so many people who, you know, say, oh, I've worked out since I was this age. I know all about the gym. I'm just going to hire a coach and just throw myself into a prep. No. Hire a coach and work with a coach for a full year and then start a prep. That's my challenge to anyone who wants to compete. I um, worked with a coach for a year and a half, and then I switched coaches because I knew I wanted to start a competition, and then I worked with that coach for um, almost a year, just working on growing and bettering my relationship with food and learning about my body and how to become more in tune, and then I started prep. Everyone wants quick fixes, and I know I just talked about that with the the personal training versus online coaching and the hardest parts about that. Everyone wants a quick fix, right? And if there's one thing that bodybuilding isn't, from the outside, it appears to be the biggest quick fix you'd ever seen, but it is not. You need to put in the work. It is a 365-year sport. So hire a coach. That is the first step. Talk to a coach. And hire a coach who's going to work on your relationship with food, you know, 
who's going to help you do this in the healthiest way possible because you can compete and be super unhealthy and you can do it in a super healthy way. So that would be probably my top tip or the first step to wanting to go into bikini competition prep. Um, I feel like I could do a whole podcast on this, but uh, I'll save that for a juicier time. Um, next question, what is your favorite thing about the gym? Love this question. I would say my favorite part about the gym is the environment. Um, when I get bored of something, it's it's difficult for me to keep going back. And what I love about the gym is the environment it's in. Um, it doesn't have to be a big fancy gym, but if there's good people there... I know damn well I'm going to go in and have a good workout or I'm going to have fun. And I think that that's super important. So that's probably my favorite part of the gym. Um, next question. Um, where are you? Hmm. I lost it. Did that one. I did that one. What else? Here we go. Um, Client-centric versus money-centric personal trainers. Woo! Great question. Um, so first kind of diving into what does this question mean. So like personal trainers who are focused on their clients' results and their clients' health versus personal trainers who just want to sell and sell and sell and sell. I will say right off the bat, if you go to school to be a personal trainer – or you work for someone who the first thing they teach you is how to sell, you're working for the wrong people. Your job as a personal trainer isn't to sell. That is not your job. Your job, in my opinion, I truly strongly believe if you are a good personal trainer, you don't have to sell shit. And that is my personal belief. So I can honestly say wholeheartedly, I have never had to sell to someone. I never, I have never had to sit down with someone and convince someone to pay for my services. And that's not even me trying to say that I'm this great. It, I'm not, that's not it. I just care. I genuinely care. And when people come to me, they want to work with me and they've decided that they want to work with me because they care as well. So there's a lot of personal trainers out there who are so focused on selling and money and roping you in. There's personal trainers who won't tell you their secrets to success or they won't inform you of what they're programming so you can keep coming back to them. I tell every single one of my clients in person or online, doesn't matter who is in my ear, I say when they come to me, I do not want you to need me forever. My goal for my clients is for them to not need me forever. I don't want you to have to buy personal training sessions over and over and over again. If you want to, that's totally your decision. But I refuse to make, to make it so you feel like you need me. I want to teach you. And that's why I think it comes down to the difference between personal training with the intention to educate your client versus personal training with the intention to make money. I'm, I, I am not a personal trainer or an online fitness coach because I want to make money. I am not, it's the same thing with therapy. I am not going to school to be a 
counselor and psychotherapist to make money. That's not my intention. I'm doing it because I want to help and I want to educate. And that is wholeheartedly why I do what I do. So I think that that's probably the main difference is there's people out there who want to make money and there's people out there who want to help. And you, if you have any desire to better yourself and to actually see results, I hope you see that the personal trainer you need to be with isn't the one who's sitting there trying to sell you. Because honestly, if you need to be sold on personal training, then you're not ready to be coached. If you need a personal trainer to sit there and convince you why you need to buy their services, you're not ready to be coached. Chances are you're not going to commit to this like you think you're going to commit to this. You have to want it. And that's kind of also the difference, too, is you can pay someone. It's just like, Frig, uh, what, what can I explain it to? Uh, you know, there's a reason why going out to eat tastes so much better. What? It's because someone else is making it. Someone else is doing all the work for you. Everyone wants to put their money down and expect that, you know, the personal trainer is going to do all the work, but that's just not the case. You, you have to put in the work on the outside as well. Um, and it's the same thing with trainers, you know. If you're a good personal trainer, you go beyond that one-hour session because no one makes progress in a one-hour session. You need to focus on nutrition. Every personal trainer should have a nutrition certification. Every personal trainer should know about uh, macros and calories and nutrition. Every personal trainer should program for their clients outside of that once a week session they have. Every personal trainer should have check-in documents. I am a firm believer in it. That is what you need to do to see results. And that is what a client-centric personal trainer compared to a money-centric personal trainer is. Firm believer. It's just insane. I could rant about that all day too, to be honest. Um, okay, next question. Um, next question. These next two questions are um, more related to what I've been going through, um, and that's why I saved them for the end. Um, I will put a little disclaimer on this. Um, I've had a lot of people reach out to me asking me if competing was worth it and if I'm going to compete again, knowing this is how much my health struggled post-show. And I am going to say I 100% would. Um, I had a good conversation with a really good friend about this, actually, just before I started filming this podcast, and he helped talk me through this question, and no professional, he said, no professional athlete who had to stop their sport because they were forced to due to injury is going to say that they regretted playing their sport, and I do not regret bodybuilding. I had an amazing season. I took home first places. I took home fifth place at nationals, my first ever time year competing. I had judges tell me I could go pro. I should not have to regret that because of my health right now. So my health right now, this past post-show, I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm grateful for the struggle I've gone through with my hormones and 
my weight and everything post-show because it has, I have never been more in tune with my body than I am right now because I have had to do the hard shit these last two months post-show. I said this before, prep was like a piece of cake for me compared to what I'm going through right now. And it is making me so much stronger and it is teaching me so much patience and love and respect for my body and for my mind. So I would, I will compete again one day. And when I compete again one day, I will have an even better prep and post-show because of this. And this post-show experience I've gone through is only going to make me a better psychologist, a better athlete, a better personal trainer, a better online coach, and it already has. So no, I do not regret competing whatsoever. Uh, the other two questions here, the other question is the changes, can you talk about your experience post-show with struggling to gain weight? And on top of that, the same person asked, changes to my thyroid and hormones I've encountered. So I am not a doctor and I'm not going to pretend that I know a lot about thyroid health. I've done a lot of diving deep into it um, due to what I've been going through. So I'm learning a lot. Um, but overall, things that I've been struggling with and my experience with gaining weight has had to do with my thyroid. Um, I have a history um, genetically uh, with uh, thyroid issues. My grandmother had thyroid issues. Um, uh, the whole side of my family has issues as well with thyroid. So I believe that I already had pre-existing issues with my thyroid that just weren't elevated until I reached a certain body fat percentage. Um, and once I reached that body fat percentage, I think that it came kind of just became a slope. Um, but, you know, to answer the question, you know, my experience with it is now, um, and how I'm, they also asked how I'm doing now. And, you know, I've put on now I'm up since my show weight. So I'm up in weight since nationals on August 6th, which is very exciting. Um, my cortisol levels have been decreasing, um, which was the main driver in why my, um, why my thyroid was so slow and causing so many issues. Um, but again, I don't want to dive too deep into this because this is very private and it is my health. Um, but overall, I do want to make it known and I do want to be, I, I want to share the experience with the world because, you know, I do want to show that, you know, like, like bodybuilding isn't all sunshine and sparkly bikinis, you know, things, things happen. And this just happened to happen during this post show. Um, it might not happen again. It might happen again. And hell, if it happens again, then we're going to assess that when we get there. But um, yeah, overall, that's kind of what I've been, that's like the quick rundown and as, as deep as I want to get into it. But I think what's most important about this question and about, you know, whenever I'm asked this is that concept of like regret and, you know, every, you know, this obsession with like, how I'm eating so much and staying this lean. And it's not a matter of eating this much and staying this lean. It's just a matter of where I am right now on my journey. And to me, it's taught me so much about myself. It's allowed me to dive deeper into things like therapy. Um, it's allowed me to disassociate myself from my body. And after, let me tell you, after six months of dieting and then stepping on stage to be compared a, 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 
you know, against a bunch of other women and having one judge tell you what they do and what they don't like, it's really nice to just become completely dissociated with your body, you know? So I hope that answers those questions. And I'd love to dive deeper into some of these topics um, because there's definitely a lot of things that have gone unsaid in the bodybuilding world because people like to hide their struggles. And I refuse to be the one to ever hide my struggles from anyone, no matter what I, I may be struggling with. So if you do have any other questions in regards to that, please reach out. Um, I, you know, I was, again, I was talking about this with um, my good friend before this. And I said, if there's one thing I'm doing right now, it's I am doing everything in my power to better myself. And when it comes to anyone who's ever struggled with hormones, it can take upwards of years sometimes to fix hormones. And the fact that my hormones are already starting to get better, I am so grateful for. And it, I believe it's because I'm, I, am, I am totally manifesting a healthier life. I'm, I'm trying to manifest a healthier mind. I'm trying to manifest a healthier body. I'm seeing doctors. I'm putting in the work in the gym but also putting in the work to rest because that is what's key right now for me is resting. And I am just, I'm excited that this is the journey I'm on and that's the way I'm choosing to view it because we're in control of our attitude and I can have an attitude that is absolute shit. And I can say, poor me, I'm the victim. Why does this have to be me? Who's going through this post-show? Why couldn't it have been someone else? Cause it could have been any other bikini wellness figure competitor, anyone. I refuse to say why me, because you know what, if anything, I'm going to view this as a blessing and what I'm going through and what it's teaching me is a blessing. And uh, for that, I'm grateful. So on that note, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and uh, I'll catch you guys on the next one.